Hello everyone and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa, Am I Dying? A podcast talking about different diseases that affect the human body in different ways. I also talk about different topics related to healthcare, medicine, stuff like that. So my last episode was all about AI and healthcare, which was pretty cool. Um, But today I'm going to be talking about a disease that I've actually heard quite a lot about, but haven't really been able to explore up until now. Multiple sclerosis is a widely known disease that affects a lot of people, and I'm excited to share what I've learned about it with you. I also interviewed Mona Bates, who is the Community Senior Director at MS Canada, so I'm super, super grateful for the opportunity I had to speak with her. But first, I'll talk a little bit about what MS is about that. So without further ado, here is the episode. Multiple sclerosis mostly affects the central nervous system and disables the use of the brain and the spinal cord. Your immune system attacks the protective layer of your neurons, which are the brain cells, which is called the myelin sheath, causing their neurons to have issues transmitting signals to other parts of the body. So think of a cable wire um, having like the coating that coats uh, some wires. If that coating breaks off, it becomes harder for the wire to be able to send electrical signals with the other wires. Um, So this can eventually lead to permanent damage uh, to these nerve fibers. Depending on where the nerve fiber damage is, the symptoms someone experiences will be different. Some people lose the ability to move the lower part of their body or walk, um, or some people may not even have it affect them for a long time before symptoms even start to show. There is currently not a cure for it, but treatments and medications are available to manage symptoms, recovery, and overall course of the disease. So, like I said before, the symptoms vary on where in the central nervous system the damage to nerve fibers has occurred, but there are but here are some of the following symptoms. Um, Tingling sensations, different parts of your body, unable to feel limbs on the same side of your body, Uh, those limbs can feel weak as well. Difficulty in walking, difficulty in muscle coordination, partial or total lack of vision, causing pain if you move the eye. This can happen one eye at a time too. Displurry vision, problems with bowel and bladder function. Vertigo, other problems with the brain, fatigue, slurred slurred speech. Um, mood swings. So if any of the symptoms have shown up for unknown reasons, then that's when it's probably probably time to go see a doctor. So with this disease, most people experience it coming in and out and people kind of getting out of remission. There are periods of new symptoms that develop over some time and then they come and go but the period of remission can last months to maybe even years. Increase in body temperature, no matter how small, can definitely worsen the symptoms too. Um, There are also these things called pseudo-relapses, because they technically aren't bringing somebody back to where they were before, but 20 to 40% of people with relapsing um, multiple sclerosis, sclerosis can have their symptoms worsen, and they can or cannot have periods of remission too. 
this can happen within tw- 10 to 20 years uh, from the disease starting out. Um, and it's also called secondary progressive MS. The main symptoms that get worse are the mobility issues mainly, and the rate of disease progression depends on uh, the person with the secondary progressive uh, MS. There's also something called primary progressive MS, and that's when some people with the disease undergo sort of a gradual increase of the symptoms without any relapse at all. of the disease is unknown, but it's known that the immune system plays a role in attacking the central nervous system. As I mentioned before, the part that gets attacked is the layer, uh, the protective layer that covers the neurons. So of course, a combination of environmental and genetics can of course play a role in the disease developing in a person. There is also risk factors that should be kept in mind, and they are the following. So age, this disease can really occur at any age, but actually begins when someone is about 20 to 40 years old. Of course, people at different ages can also be affected by it. Canada is actually, um, in Canada, MS is actually the most common neurological disease that affects young people. Women are also more likely to have MS that relapses compared to men. Infections, different viruses that someone is affected by uh, has been linked to this, this disease as well. And of course, family history, Um, if your parent has it, if your siblings have it, then the chances of you having it are pretty high. Race. This one actually surprised me quite a bit. It turns out that people of Caucasian heritage have the highest rate of developing the disease. Asian, African, and indigenous people have the lowest chances of getting it. And some recent research also suggests that people of black and Hispanic roots have higher chances of getting MS then was previously assumed as well. So um, that was interesting. And then climate, countries like Canada, New Zealand, America, Europe have more people that have MS. Well, we just talked about how people of Caucasian heritage are more likely to have it. More Caucasian people live in these areas. Uh, Weirdly enough, the specific birth months um, also have more or less people diagnosed with the disease. Genes, a specific gene has been found in people diagnosed diagnosed with it and low levels of vitamin d can also be associated with people who have ms obesity um females that have actually experienced obesity in childhood and adolescence have greater risk as well and then of course smokers more likely to have their ms relapse recurrently compared to non-smokers and then autoimmune diseases that you might have as well uh, increases chances of ms as well So there are some other things that can also occur because of MS. Muscle stiffness or spasms, weakness and and paralysis in the legs, difficulty in remembering things, um, mood swings, though the most rare seizures might occur. Uh, But anyway, now here's the time for the interview with Mona Bates from MS Canada. Unfortunately, the first question I asked her got cut from the recording for some reason. but basically, when the interview, the clip starts, it starts, I jump right into my second question. But the first question I had um, was, I just explained, I asked her to explain what MS is. 
and she said it was just an organization that helped people struggling with the disease um, through different programs and resources, helping them to kind of live with it and adapting to a lifestyle. So without further ado, here is the interview. and I am the Senior Director at MS Canada for the Prairies Region. I oversee the community portfolio, so um, all the connections with our community, involved with our fundraising uh, events, our MS Walk, MS Bike, Burgers to Beat MS, all of the things that happen in the Prairies, as long as supporting our community through programs and services and our grants program. You mentioned like the funds go to different things so like you mentioned does the money that is donated by individuals like that I'm assuming that goes to researching and the events that you hold and stuff yes so we have a number of programs that we um, offer to our community Uh, we have like uh, peer one-to-one programs we have a quality of life grant program where people can access grants uh, for um, equipment that might support them in their journey um, we invest heavily into research as I as I just mentioned um, and then also we do a lot of adv- advocacy work so a lot of um, adv- advocating the on a national level and also um, provincially as well in supporting the MS community and getting the resources that they need. And how does MS Canada address the needs of communities that might be marginalized or have a harder time getting help? Like those kinds of communities, how would they be reached out to specifically? And that's a real, another really great question. Uh, so we offer a variety of programs and services to support individuals and communities across Canada, regardless of where you live. And a, a great service to highlight is our MS Knowledge Network. So um, our MS Knowledge Network is the hub of everything um, for people reaching out for information. We actually have highly trained navigators who are experts in um MS information and and they support people anywhere in Canada and they also have knowledge on the local level as well so they're not just trained you know both um, at the national level but they actually know how to uh, how people get resources at the local level and they can reach out to the navigators by phone Uh, there's online chats Uh, they can email and we also, so there's live chat, and then they can also reach out through the website. So there's lots of ways for people to contact, no matter where you live in Canada. We really want to reach out to everybody. And so that is, um, that resource with the MS Knowledge Network is really important to our community. Yeah, I think it's really important to have people that are trained for like specific local regions so that somebody who is asking yeah. for help doesn't feel isolated or, you know, as if they're talking to somebody that's not really familiar with the area and stuff, so. Right. We also have, like, peer uh, one-to-one support uh, groups where people can call if they want to have ongoing conversations or if they just want, you know, to have, you know, a one-off conversation. Um, We have local 
um, peer support groups, but we also have virtual peer support groups. So that is nice for people in rural areas who want to connect um, or you know, just don't want to leave their home, especially post-COVID. A lot of people are still, you know, just are used to doing things virtually. So we have virtual uh, support groups. Um, we also have virtual wellness. So, um, you know, assisted, assisted yoga program, um, you know, chair yoga, things like that. That is through, the, we have Neurosask and the Spirit Club, um, which are, you can do fitness training, you can do all kinds of things, which is really important to the MS community is movement and activity is really important. And then um, another thing that we have is that's really popular are education webinars. So for example, we have a, a webinar, and I don't know if you've ever uh, tuned into one, but you might want to, MS 101 which connects and gives everybody that overview of MS, the symptoms, what to expect. And so, especially for those newly diagnosed, it's really, that's a very popular uh, webinar, but there's lots of other topics as well. So those are really helpful. As I mentioned, the quality of life grant program is eligible to everybody in Canada. And um, and then new this uh, this. Uh, spring actually we uh, launched we talk ms which is like an online chat forum where people can c connect and uh and find people who they want to chat with and then we also have um a new program called sesh which is a therapist-led community-driven mental health platform um offering 200 monthly virtual support group sessions uh, on topics like anxiety anxiety depression and grief and they're all led by a licensed therapist. And that is open for MS community and their caregivers as well. I think it's, yeah, I think it's very valuable when you have a community to connect with and like that can really help people kind of like progress and learn how to adapt and deal with the disease like in their life. And so on a good note, what is a success story or a positive example of how MS Canada has impacted somebody or achieved a goal? Well, you know, that, 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 there's so many different examples. I was, but you know, we just had a big win in June. So your timing for your interview is perfect. Um, so part of the work we do is um, advocacy, which I mentioned. And so oh, it, it, to improve the quality of life of Canadians living with MS, and advocacy can take some time, so you don't often see the wins, but the timing of your interview is so uh, perfect because in mid-June, we celebrated the passage of the Canada Disability Benefit Act, otherwise known as Bill C-22. And so the purpose of Bill C-22 is to reduce poverty and support the financial security of working age pensions, persons with disabilities. So, um, 60% of people diagnosed with MS are going to face unemployment due to their disease. So, you know, this is really, really important for the MS community um, because uh, they need those supports. So this is something that MS Canada has been working very hard towards. So this is um, a big win. And while the, the bill is still uh, in its it's still framework legislation, that's meaning that the details about the bill um, are still yet to be determined. However, this bill is significant because it is the first federal benefit for Canadians with disabilities with an explicit promise um, to reduce poverty and includes the Accessible Canada Act definition of a disability, 
which includes episodic disabilities like MS. And so just to give you a little bit more information, MS Canada was also really instrumental in advocating to have the word episodics added into the Disabilities Act. And so um, because it is those diseases were excluded from, from the Disability Act, it was harder for those living with MS to get the support they needed because of the episodic nature of the disease. Right. And like with something like that, it's it's difficult because like you can you can have a remission with the disease and then you can have it again and then that might impact like your job or school or um whatever you're doing full-time so yeah yeah that's right yes you know about this that's good for you <laughs> and what is something or what is uh, a challenge that um the organization faces or like something that's difficult that you guys deal with because you know as we all have accomplishments, we also face challenges, so. Yeah, yeah, do you know what? One of our biggest challenges, um, and, and while we've made tremendous progress with regards to research and some of the advocacy work, um, still one of our biggest challenges continues to be the need to broaden the knowledge base on the causes of MS and the potential pathways to the cure. So uh, MS is a disease of the central nervous system uh, the brain, the spinal cord, and optic nerves. It interferes with the brain's um, ability to have signals. So I always say it's like um, an electrical, you know how you have an electrical cord that has that coating around it, the rubber coating? If you rip that coating away, the wires are exposed. And that's it, how they describe MS, that, that that coating is eroded away. So then the signals get mixed up. So it affects everybody differently. Um, because it depends on, you know, where it's occurring. And so it creates, you know, different symptoms. And so it's getting that knowledge out about the episodic nature, the varying symptoms, and also um, supporting research to handle all of these variances within it. So that is the hardest, uh, that, is, that is still the biggest um, challenge for us. And because the cause of MS is unknown and a big area of focus for us is um, funding relevant research looking for causes and potential cures. That's, yeah, that's fair. A lot of, uh, the thing is with a lot of these things, it's it's hard to kind of get uh, an understanding to people of like what it is and like how it affects somebody because it's not, it might not be a disability that is super obvious to the eye uh, um, or like super widely known like Down syndrome or something. So, but yeah, my last question is how can people help MS Canada? Like how can people support, how can how can everybody help the cause? You know, there are so many ways to get involved. So we have a wonderful fundraising community. We have our, you know, our MS walk, or uh, it's an annual event that's held in May. Uh, we have our MS bike, which we have an MS bike in both Gimli and Riding Mountain. So people who uh, you know want to get involved in those ways, in more active ways, we encourage that. We also uh, want to see the community come out and advocate. Ad- there is so much that needs still needs to be done. So we need people supporting the advocacy. You know, signing the petitions and the uh, when they come out, and also volunteering. So there's you know there's 
tremendous opportunities to volunteer. We have an office in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, we have peer support groups in Winnipeg. We want to hear from the community more and we want to support them. So, uh, and then also, and, you know, making donations. So, you know, how we um, to help fund the research, help fund our programs, our grants programs. So there's just so many different ways you can go online and, um, you know, there's there's avenues to find out more when you look on there. There's on our website, there's a section called Take Action on mscanada.ca. And that's where you can learn more. Well, that's everything I had for you. Thank you so much for speaking with me and having your lovely answers. And I definitely learned a lot. So, yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, good luck to you, Kultash. It was so nice to meet you. It was so nice to meet you too. Yes. And that's everything for today. Again, thank you to Mona for letting me interview you. And it was definitely a pleasure learning some new stuff that I didn't know before. The MS Canada website is going to be linked in the episode show note. And same thing, the Instagram. And you can follow this podcast on Spotify by clicking the follow button at the top of the page. Um, And hopefully I'll be able to get another episode out very soon. I'm on summer break, so I'll be able to kind of work on this more. And I kind of want to talk more about lung disease in the next one. But we'll see if I can get anything for that. But that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening and have a great day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. And I'll be back soon.